As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. The Kansas City Chiefs obviously have this upcoming weekend off, but it was determined through some very exact sciences that Times Ours did not do enough to clinch the number one overall seed. So we're here for you headed into the, the wild card weekend. Guys, I don't know what we could have done. I don't know which of our matchups is going to be most preferable to really keep us going all the way through February. Uh, but you know we got it. We got to be better. We got to take advantage of our of our matchups. We clearly did not go fourteen and two in terms of having uh, fourteen good game day podcasts. I think we were above five hundred probably, but I, I can't argue with the results here. Just you know, one podcast at a time. I'm just happy that we still have more more podcasts left in our season, boys. Uh, you know, we just we just we got to capitalize. Mm. When we hit the record button mm. and, uh, you know, the season starts today. Yeah. You, you know, you got to we, we, we can't blink. We got to be good in all three phases of the game, which is uh, preparation, recording and editing, you know, all three mm-hmm. phases. Uh, the good news is, you know, we're back at full health again today. Seth yep. Kaiser back in the building by the building. I mean, the audio file. But, you know, he comes back at the same time that. We do the po- we do a morning podcast. That means we're all a little banged up, but Seth's rejuvenated coming off of that week of rest. Seth, uh, I really I think we're all looking to you to really bring that energy today, to bring that intensity, and and to you know get us over the hump to stay competitive, stay successful, stay focused. Why bother? No, um, I <laughs> wow. No, what, what I'd like to think is that I'm bringing a lot of energy. You guys, you know, you might not be bringing quite as much energy in the morning. So I guess we'll just, I one might say, we'll just meet in the middle on it, and we'll uh, through that be just totally fine. Seth's making an inside joke for a, <laughs> an offhanded comment that I made in the first thirty seconds of today's Zoom call. But you know, listen. Is that, sort that it, of, is that sort of passive-aggressive infighting what this show needs today? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's. I'm not sure if it's a Times ours, if you and me don't at least get one good one in on each other that makes people <laughs> doubt the status of our friendship. And you know what? Everyone will be totally affirmed when the footage is released 
of us abusing one another through ghost pepper and tasing as soon as the world <sighs> allows for that to happen. So I'm I'm just excited for that. It's that's the I, way you I really show God. love and connection is through the physical torment of one another. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten about the taser ghost pepper thing. Like I didn't like if you would How have asked, you? "Hey, is there something hanging over your head for the foreseeable future?" <laughs> I would have said yes, but I just hadn't I hadn't thought about it in a while. And now sure. I have again. I'm sorry. Here, I'll 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 bring you back with a few more clichés. You got to just show up every single day, got try to be a little bit better than you were the day before. Mm-hmm. And everything's going to everything's going to be fine. You just need 110% effort on and off the recording. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it, it it's 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 all about that week of preparation heading into the recording, Josh. So, that You can't you can't just show up on recording day and just uh, you know, put out your best effort. If you if you, you you prepare halfway, you're going to perform halfway. <laughs> I like it all. I also just on a actual like, you know, football note. Sure. There are some awesome games this weekend. There really are. I'm actually legitimately excited about them. Which is a little bit rare just insofar as like whenever the Chiefs aren't playing, I'm all about uh, red zone. I love a good red zone hook straight into my veins and just <laughs> sitting on the couch for six hours. But obviously this weekend, there's just one game at a time because you got to take it one game at a time. That's what I've been told. <laughs> but with the Chiefs being off this weekend, the schedule on Saturday is Colts, Bills, Bucks, football team, Bears, Saints. And then on Sunday, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, Titans, Browns, Steelers. I, I don't know. I think if I, you know, the, the NFC the NFC matchups have a little more potential to potentially end up being a, a bit lopsided, or at least the, the most interesting teams, I think, stand out pretty clearly with the only exception maybe being that if Alex Smith does something crazy against Tom Brady, that would that would be very interesting, I suppose. But the AFC games, Nate, are like perfect. They are. And I just want to, I just want y'all to, to say a quick prayer for Holly, Jazz, and Renee. Because um, <laughs> we go from two games a day to three. Why they do this to us? I mean, I'm grateful. But whoo, um, essentially 11 hours of football, guys. Pre-game Man. show, three games, post-game show. Oh, um, I find just so much fun in really trying to convince myself that the Indianapolis Colts are going to walk into Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo Bill Stadium <laughs> and walk out with a victory. I, I'm really having a fun time in my brain being like, well, hey, you know, Justin Houston could have a day. Just like walking around my house being like, well, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's been there before. Like just saying all these random one-liner kind of cliche, like, hey, you know, Jonathan Taylor, do you want to tackle him? Um, and then knowing that probably the best game is Ravens Titans and look, I just, I I'm, I just want to see it all. I just want to see it all. Um, can Kevin Stefanski text plays? Can he, how can he communicate? <laughs> can, That's a good question. What, what can his, what can, what can his, he do? Right. Like his role I'm, be, I'm not saying he needs to be like, Involved in every decision that a head coach normally would, and we obviously hope that he gets healthy uh, after being placed on the COVID list. But like, you know, if if he sees the team in a in a interesting situation because he is a play caller, if he sees that they ran the wrong play on second down, does he give them to? Can he text 
you know, two plays ahead, hey, here's what we should run off for now. <laughs> like, like, what if he just showed up in, like, the Pope Mobile, hermetically <sighs> sealed, and they just put him in the press box, and then, not, not the press box, but they put him in a box, you know, his own box up in the, uh, up in the facilities there, up in the stadium, and then just gave him a headset. I mean, are they going to even try that? Because I feel like they should try that. I mean, back in the back in the day, they used to just let you get in a golf cart, and they would just give you a headset, and they say, "Here's how far the frequency goes." Like, um, I I just <laughs> he's he's watching the game on YouTube TV, so he's ninety seconds, seconds behind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, you know, so look, every game is fascinating, and I am like. It is hard to acknowledge these two things, Joss, and most notably Seth. The Buffalo Bills are 13 and 3. Can we just say that out loud? Mm. Like the Buffalo Bills are 13 and 3, legitimate contenders. And I still kind of need to see it on Saturday to like yeah. really believe, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's 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 strange while also trying again to convince myself that hey, Frank Wright you know he's gonna come up with something creative. Like I'm just, just, just randomly walking around my house or doing the groceries later today. I'm just, I'm just gonna be all in on the Colts because it's, it's, it's super fun to think about a seven seed in its first, you know, year involved in the playoffs. You know, in the first game of that year, um, making, making, you know, a true haymaker. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you, you would find out who your opponent is a lot sooner than you would, mm. you know, biting your nails Sunday night if it, you know, if it comes down to Baker Mayfield, you know, outperforming Ben Roethlisberger. And just to clarify on that, so, I mean, if the Colts win, that's definitely who the Chiefs are playing. Yes. That's the lowest seed that will be making it through the AFC because the Bills are the two seed, the Colts are the seven seed. Seth, you would, you and I had talked a little bit about the, the Colts specifically on uh, Almost Entirely Sports earlier this week. Why don't you lay out what what intrigues perhaps slightly would concern you? Everything's on a scale here. I don't I don't think any of us think that any of these teams are likely to upset the Chiefs. But it, if we're kind of taking through one game at a time a little bit, I know you've you've thought about the Colts some. I have thought about the Colts some. You know, it's it, I'm still. Everyone keeps telling me who the Chiefs could play, and then I keep forgetting, and then I get reminded again. It's like the 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 lower three, right? They got to play one of those. Four. So or, actually, it, it, it could, yeah, it could be they, four. They could play anyone other than the Bills and the Steelers. So okay, the, the Colts are the seven seed. The Browns are the six seed. So you know, if the if the Bills beat the Colts, but the Browns beat the Steelers in the last game of the of the week, they would play the Browns. Okay. If the Steelers win and the Bills win, they would play the winner of Ravens Titans. This this had really strong. Explain it to me like I'm five energy, and I'm here for it. I that's okay. That. I've I I only said it that confidently because I've had to look at it 97 times. <laughs> I'm literally right now looking at a schedule for this weekend because I'm still not confident enough to just say it out loud. Yeah, I'm I'm staring at it in front of me as well. And so I, I guess in terms of of those two teams, you know, I so they're not playing the Bills. They're not playing the Steelers. Honestly, if I could pick a team, it might be the Steelers for them to play. It might Which be like eh. crazy, but you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> not not that momentum is everything heading into the playoffs because they do have a really good defense, but they just I just don't think their defense can hold the Chiefs to twenty, and mm-hmm. I just I don't trust their offense at all. Mm-hmm. But I did talk to you about the Colts, and it's hard. I'm actually writing. I'm doing a mailbag now for the the Chief of the North newsletter. And people are saying, what team do you least want to face? 
And I, I'm trying to like go opposite. You know, the Bills are the best team, I think, besides the Chiefs. I do still need to see it in the playoffs because, like you guys kind of imply, until you see it, it's hard mm-hmm. to believe. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But with the Colts, football is such a matchup-based game. And the Colts have what other teams have been able to give the Chiefs problems with, which is a good front four pass rush, specifically DeForest Buckner on mm-hmm. the interior, who is like one dude who who I would mention in the same breath with Chris Jones as an interior pass rusher. Um, and he's really good against the run, too. Uh, makes it tough to kind of, you know, take advantage of light boxes and that kind of thing because he's the kind of guy that can dominate on the interior against the run. And they they not only have that, they do have Justin Houston on the edge, who Chiefs fans might not know this. He's been really good there. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of, of edge rusher that can give the Chiefs guys a little bit of problems. So it, it just, to me, it, it's a matchup issue. They do have a really disciplined defense. And that didn't matter as much when they played the Chiefs two years ago in the playoffs because they didn't have the pass rush to go along with a disciplined zone defense. And so Mahomes carved it up, which is what he does against zone unless the pass rush is getting home. Can, can, can Josh Allen do that? Can he do that? <laughs> I don't know if Josh Allen can do that. Can Josh Allen fight Stephon yeah, that, That's a great question. The Forrest Buckner fights him? I mean, and, I <laughs> and so... I just think that there's some matchup issues created there. Uh, do I think the Chiefs would beat the Colts? I do. But I give them a better shot just because, again, football is about not who is the better overall team all the time. It's about game plan and matchups. And the Colts, more so than any other team in the AFC, except maybe the Steelers. And the Steelers don't have as good an offense as the Colts. I, you know, we It kills us to say it, but Phil Rivers had a overall good year. He didn't really kill them, quietly. <laughs> Yeah. He didn't yeah. kill them. <laughs> right. And as compared to Roethlisberger, who who looks pretty washed. Now, it's funny because every throw Rivers makes, it just looks like it should be picked off. And it drives mm-hmm. me crazy. It drives me crazy. But it gets there, lands in the right spot, and he can read the defense. And all the stuff that Spagnolo likes to do to generate pressure is stuff that Rivers will eat up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, it's a weird matchup to me. Um, the Chiefs were clearly a much better team two years ago when they played, but I just think they just, that defense has gotten better and now has the the exact matchup that might give the Chiefs problems. So that's the one that would just make me think, huh, in terms of in terms of the divisional round. And, and Josh, now that we spent somewhat five minutes on this, mm-hmm. uh, I predict Bills 30, Colts 10. <laughs> <laughs> I I you you mentioned his name Seth, but the idea of the Justin Houston revenge game part two. I uh, I, I on a playoff stage. I don't I don't really think that that Justin Houston is going to change a game that has Patrick Mahomes in it completely. I don't really think that that sort of like revenge game thing is typically as big a deal as mm-hmm. the narrative leading up to it would be. But I also am not willing to tell you that it wouldn't scare me at all. I would yeah. be lying. That would not be true. Look, I I really like Justin Houston. I, I, I liked him as a player with the Chiefs. But no one here is pretending that his exit from Kansas City wasn't a little bit acrimonious mm-hmm. on, on his end. And maybe on the Chiefs' end, I mean, there, there, you know, when 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 a guy 
is released. And then a different guy who plays a very similar position, because let's not pretend that Justin Houston couldn't play defensive end in Spagnuolo's system. Like, that emphasizes strength and setting the edge and winning. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's exactly what he's good at. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you hear the team talk a lot about, we needed a new attitude. We needed a fresh start. We needed a different mentality. And you hear all these quotes. Uh, Players aren't immune to this stuff. That would bother me. Can I tell you one, Seth, that I Uh literally heard over and over again? Mm -hmm. The word leader. Mm -hmm. We need need leaders. Yep. Because there were a couple leaders that weren't great leaders before we released (laughs) them. And that's... That would that would be tough to hear, you know. Whether or not who's right, who's wrong, uh, you know, whatever. I, I none of that. It doesn't really matter who's right or who's wrong when you're talking about a revenge game, right? It just talk. It only thing that matters is motivation. Like you know, Patrick Mahomes. Let's look at Week Three with the Ravens. Was it really Lamar Jackson's fault that the NFL players ranked him number one and ranked Mahomes number four? Was it? No. Did Mahomes slice them up and then count to four and shrug on national television anyway? Absolutely he did. Am I here for that kind of energy? Yes. And so I, it just, it could happen. But again, now that we've spent now seven minutes on it, I fully <laughs> expect the Bills to just run them out of the building. Yeah, it's going to be 14 nothing, and I'm going to have to tweet out, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, listen. If we can't if we can't spend seven minutes on on Colts Bills today, when can we? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, so what if we what if we just what if we just went through every game? What if we spent seven minutes on Bears Saints? Also, what if oh. we just cooked through one at a time? Oh, 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 oh no! Don't you put that on me, Josh? <laughs> no, I won't. I also think I might have given out the wrong order because I read the schedule earlier. Don't worry about it. It's it's Colts, Bills, Rams, Seahawks, Bucks, Washington Saturday, then Ravens, Titans, Bears, Saints, Browns, Steelers. The thing that I did say that is still true is that it's Colts, Bills first, Browns, Steelers last. Um, but so, I mean, I don't know. We're here. Let's let's talk about the other two games a little bit because we know the Ravens and Titans pretty well at this point. Um, the, the Chiefs do as well. Obviously, they, they did not play the Titans this regular season, but that was the AFC championship game last year. And that team is not outrageously different from one year to the next. Their defense is worse, but um, but a lot of the, the big names at least are still obviously relevant and the, the chiefs are going to end up playing the Ravens on a yearly basis. It seems like for, for the next decade, um, between those two teams, uh, I've, I've had some varying and somewhat conflicting thoughts about which one, again, I would prefer to see 
in the second round going up against the Chiefs. Where do you guys line up and, and why? Uh, Nate, you can take it first. I I even though the even though the Titans, excuse me, are hosting the playoff game, I I don't know how much faith I have in them. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Derrick Henry, and you know, like th- th- a lot has to happen. Like basically, as I said last episode, I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, <laughs> Josh mentioned tanks, <laughs> um. Because that that might be what it is. I I just I don't have a lot of faith in their defense. Um, and it would be a cool it would be a cool storyline um, if Lamar Jackson does what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't mean he necessarily has to be great. He just needs to be effective, um, both throwing and running. And that secondary can be had. Um, it's just, it's just the honest truth. Like Deshaun Watson made that secondary look awful. Um, <laughs> so honestly, Chiefs fans, I think the bills will probably win because of the Cleveland Brown situation. I don't see much path to victory. Uh, considering they, they almost lost to Mason Rudolph, um, in a game they had to have. Mm. So that leads us to believe that if Lamar Jackson handles business, if John Harbaugh is as good of a coach as I believe he is, uh, if they don't make colossal mistakes such as turn over the football or just not rallying to Derrick Henry and praying to the Lord above, that should be the Chiefs opponent. Um, so I think the playoffs are fun because obviously they're one game simple size. There are games where pressure you can clearly see it on players which is what you don't see in october like if you make a mistake in october like you can kind of live with it for a day but these guys know um if you're not having the right day this is going to last you for a whole year and i don't want lamar jackson to all of a sudden think about this y'all i don't want lamar jackson to be put in the in the peyton manning doom of playoff chamber Mm. Where we know he's good, we know he's really good, but he hadn't won the playoffs yet. Hadn't won it, like so. Peyton Manning doom. <laughs> I mean, he was in that chamber for a minute, y'all, and we'll <laughs> never and we'll never think about it, or or we won't we won't mention it much. I should say, because like you know, he was he was kind of playing Tom Brady every January, and it didn't go well. So. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs will probably play the Ravens. Um, but you got to tackle Derrick Henry, too. You know? And, like, you know, Josh's favorite football player, not in the Chiefs uniform, A.J. Brown. So, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the game I want to see the most. I thought Brown-Steelers was going to be so much fun, but it looks like COVID is going to um, unavoidably give a, a, a clear advantage to the Steelers. Um, and I should, we should trust the Steelers to win one game, right? I mean, one? Hey, they won to get into the playoffs. They did it. And now the Steelers are trying. I don't... We'll get to the... We'll talk about Brown Steelers in a second. Seth, do you have a a thought on on Ravens-Titans and which one of those intrigues you? Which one of those matchups would intrigue you more for the Chiefs? If you're, Which one you're going to find yourself quietly rooting for on Sunday? I... 
I tend to really be embracing this. Um, man, that is some tortured English. I. <laughs> it's early. It's a long road to a short thought there. <laughs> I I've been embracing the whole Chiefs are a villain mm-hmm. storyline this year, and if they beat the Ravens again this time in the playoffs, because they've they've owned the Ravens the last three years, but it hasn't been in the playoffs. And they are the Chiefs' big bad. I mean, we we heard all about it in week three. There was all the hype. And then afterwards, I mean, the the Ravens players, they were just, they were defeated. They were just mm-hmm. like, man, those guys, they just got us. They got us right now. And so I'm here for that. Not because I have any dislike for the Ravens, but just because I kind of am enjoying the idea of the whole evil empire thing and the Chiefs becoming that team that just, teams hate why do i feel that way i don't know and maybe that is some personal introspection i need to do but i kind of find that you know in terms of like a rivalry type thing the titans i guess that could be a rivalry i just maybe i mean ryan Tannehill played really really well this year but for some reason i still just can't think of them as like a real rival to the chiefs and again, you know, maybe we'll see how the Titans do. They beat the Ravens last year, certainly. Yes. Um, I, I just think their defense is not good enough. If they Their defense is worse than it was last year. I don't think they can hang with the Chiefs. I don't think their defense is good enough. Um, and I, I don't think the Chiefs the Chiefs do a, did a pretty good job last year, at least somewhat limiting what Tannehill could do. And and Derrick Henry didn't do a whole lot. He would want to do more, but they they seem to match up pretty well against him. So I I'm more here for the the continuation of just completely stomping out the hopes and dreams of the Baltimore wow. Ravens. And again, I have nothing against the Baltimore Ravens. It's just something I've never seen the Chiefs do. Yeah. I guess. Well, so I think to to continue to kind of to kind of uh, flesh out the, the analogy a little bit, this game feels a little bit like uh, Colts Chiefs, and one of those teams is going to go lose to the Patriots in the second round. Mm. Like that's that that feels, mm. that feels kind of like the the most analogous teams from from ten years ago to where we are right now, where the Ravens the Ravens are eventually going to get one. Lamar Jackson's eventually going to win a Super Bowl. But they're not actually favored in any of these games. And the Titans just seem like they should, but don't actually have it. I, I think that might, yeah. think those teams might be a little comparable. Right. And, and I mean, we, we have to be, we have to remind ourselves uh, where we were in our lives. Think about this. Where we were in week three of this season. In the hype, like, let's start the hype train again. Yeah, with Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes in in the in the playoffs, like it would be it would be a great week of hype. Oh, I mean, you know, because so, then because then people can start sprinkling. You know, this game is actually the AFC Championship game wrapped <laughs> in the divisional yeah. round. You know, like yeah. So I, um, if I had to predict, if I had to project, I I think we are probably going to get that. Um. You know, unless DeForest Buckner, the AFC Player of the Month uh, on the defensive <laughs> side, um, lives in the nightmares of Josh Allen, the AFC Offensive <laughs> Player of the Month. That was just announced uh, a bit ago. But, I mean, we we just, I just, I, I just can't wait to overreact and to also 
realize how stupid I was for thinking that the Indianapolis Colts were going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, we have to acknowledge, too, Buffalo has fans, y'all. And we're not talking about regular fans. They've been waiting on this one. <laughs> waiting. Like, they are going... They, are they tailgating now? Somebody get some, some camera footage in a pandemic outside of Buffalo Stadium. They might be there already. And it's cool that they are offering fans the ability to test before they're in the building. But, man, you're going to hear some loud fans, um, which will also make the playoffs somewhat... Exciting because it's again the first game that we can see on Saturday, um. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, Josh, you know the scenario. What what if it was the reverse this time, guys? Instead of instead of Philip Rivers down four with two minutes to go with one timeout left, what if he's up ten with eight minutes to go in the playoffs? And we're all and all we're asking Philip is. Philip Rivers to do was don't do it, dog. Don't do it. Don't oh do it. Goodness. Don't throw it to the team in the other jersey. I just realized that that's one reason why we know the Bills won't blow out the Colts because we know Philip Rivers will have the that's ball with two minutes to go. Nearly score right. touchdown to win. So that's my, our bad on missing that. Yeah. No, you're a hun- you're a hundred percent correct. Yeah, it cannot be a blowout. Whatever. I don't know what the spread is, but you're gonna just take the points. Because it's it if the Colts lose this really if either team ends up losing this game by any margin it's going to be heartbreaking. That's the only thing that we know yeah. for sure. Yeah, the the Bills have waited a generation or two to oh. to have a true Super Bowl contending team. They finally let fans in the building, and then you have to talk yourself all spring about we lost to Philip Rivers <laughs> in the first round. I. J- uh, you know, the, the the way that this goes, you know, if you, we want, like, the Chiefs are the evil villains storyline, it's they beat the Ravens and keep down the a team that a lot of people really like. Yes. Um, it's analytics, people's favorite team. And, they, I mean, they're a really likable team. Mm-hmm. And then beat the Bills and just beat a downtrodden franchise that really, Bills fans are great. They like, are. They're they're awesome. They're fun to deal with. Mitch Morse plays in Buffalo. I mean, I've got a lot of sauce, but but I mean, some kind of like they they beat the Ravens in heartbreaking fashion. And then, can you just imagine, like, if you really want to be the villains of the NFL, just stomp the Bills in the AFC Championship, like some sort of like you know forty nine to ten type game, and then you are the bad guy. You will become the hated team, and I, I'm kind of here for it. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Brown, uh, we we have now spent a significant amount of time on two games. I think we're all kind of over Brown Steelers. We'll get there when we get there. The Chiefs are better than both of these teams by a very obvious a and relatively significant margin. margin. Yeah. yeah. Either one of them could beat the Chiefs, but that's mostly the any given Sunday with two good yes. teams. Yeah. And, yeah. And look, um, there is some there is some rumors out of out of uh Pittsburgh that um the offensive coordinator is Ben Roethlisberger now. So yeah. I don't know how much tendencies can change, uh, which is also another element of the playoffs is, hey, we've built tendencies all for 17 weeks. Go watch our film. That ain't going to be us on Saturday or Sunday. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Ben Roethlisberger is like, no, mm, no, 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 no. I, you know who I am. I'm going to be throwing this ball deep. It's why they came back against the Colts, right? Yep, um, right. In like stunning fashion was like, oh, my God, did they just – they just thought Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 25 yards? What? 
So who told him to do that? Who oh, told who, him? To oh, do he that? did. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Juju Smith-Schuster has basically been like, no, the offensive coordinator's been Roethlisberger. Now he'll figure it out. I mean, um, good luck, NBC. I mean, th- does NBC tell the NFL, look, we got the most controversial Week Seventeen game in quite some time? Can you somehow find a way to make this a one-score game in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I know I'm asking a lot because it's the Cleveland Browns, okay? Like, I know I'm asking for the world, but basically I saw a team quit out there to start the fourth quarter, and I and I need I need the Browns to kind of make it fun, interesting, television dollars, ad revenue, eyeballs, anything. What was the last time that the second round of the NFL playoffs had Kansas City, Cleveland, and Buffalo? Because I ooh, I have ooh, to imagine ooh, ooh. that that has been a minute, and that would be... Was Bill Belichick in a Cleveland Browns windbreaker? I mean... That's when it was, I think. It was like the early 90s. That would have been... I, I that There's a research project for somebody who's On it. better at... <laughs> somebody who's better at... at, at Stitching all that together. There you go. There's a bunch of uh, little little ways you can look ahead to the games this weekend. Uh, the AFC games, I think, are, I really think are all going to be. It, the odds are that one of them will not be a good game in the final minutes, but all of them are good, interesting matchups. Let's talk about a couple pieces of news from this week. Uh, a chief strength and conditioning coach tested positive for COVID. Anthony Hitchens has come off the COVID reserve list. Uh, Mike Dana, the rookie defensive end, is on the list. Field Yates reported first, I think, that it was as a close contact, not a positive test. There, there's been a little bit of that bouncing around. We, you know, we already met, referred to the fact that the Browns are going to be without their head coach due to COVID, plus a couple of players and some assistants. Obviously, Nate, that is a enormous factor in everything currently happening and everything still to come throughout the playoffs. Um, did, did any of the of the outcomes from this week move the needle for you at all? Are, are you nervous about any of those things? Or because they're all relatively isolated incidents, feel right about it? And then what's the plan as the Chiefs are scheduled to return to the facilities today? Yeah, so um, I haven't heard anything different, so maybe this will change by the time the this is as of This is as of early yeah. Thursday morning. Yeah, so as of early Thursday morning, I've gotten nothing that indicates that the facility will not be open. Uh, it's a benefit for the Chiefs that they know that, um, at least as of now, Mike Dan has not tested positive. It's just, like you mentioned, um, a proximity issue. So he will have five days or more, if necessary, to obviously be in self-isolation, which should give him time to come back and be part of the game planning next week, whoever the opponent is. Um, it's I think the massive thing about all of this is um, – you know, and we understand too that like it's the same that goes for um, you know, whatever happens with Barry Rubin, the strength conditioning coach, he obviously tested positive. So he may not be around the team uh next week. Uh is probably the the likely scenario. So I just want to make sure that that's clear as well. Um I think the biggest news in all this is Anthony Hitchens coming back. Mm-hmm. Um do you guys appreciate Anthony Hitchens now? <laughs> like, <laughs> not not in a not obviously it wasn't a stressful situation, um, like a true stressful situation when it comes to whether or not you beat the Atlanta Falcons because of course they had another game of which they could have won. But hey, 
Uh, he sort of put out on Twitter that he was appreciative of the team winning against Atlanta so that, you know, he could take the full amount of time to rest and to get healthy, which gives you the indication that he probably tested positive because um, it took him longer to come off the COVID list. Um, so we can we can we can safely, I believe, assume that um, at this point. So now that he's back, um, he'll get to do some conditioning work with the team starting today. Um, it will not be a regular practice today and Friday um, per Andy Reid, but they are going to do some conditioning things. They are going to get to a tempo that is you know quicker than the practices that they would have in training camp and the regular season, which again is really interesting to think about because what they learned last year, and I wrote about this in The Athletic, is rest is obviously the biggest benefit in all of this, but they have to practice at a tempo that is kind of close to what they would see in a postseason game. It's hard to replicate that. It's great that the majority of the team is back from last year, but they have to they have to start, you know, quickly building to working at a at a pace um, to where maybe guys, you know, could have some, some soreness early on. Um, there's always this time of the year where you get nervous about, are you practicing guys too hard before, you know, they're going to play an intense playoff game, but you kind of got to find that, that balance. And so that's what Andy Reid and the Chiefs will do starting today. Um, before obviously finding out who their opponent is, it would be beneficial to the Chiefs to know if the Colts are their opponent on Saturday night because the NFL is likely to put them on the Saturday night game, that time slot, given the fact that both you have you have the other two AFC games on Sunday. Does that make sense, fellas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in some ways, you can find out who your opponent is on Saturday and you can really focus in on that opponent Saturday night. Or you could perhaps get the benefit of an extra day if you don't know who your opponent is in terms of resting your body, in terms of making sure everybody's really ready to go if you know you're going to play either the Browns, the Ravens, or the Titans. Um, All of this is, you know, a slow rise, but I think it is of note that the Chiefs have been watching film since basically the Atlanta Falcon game. Um, and talking to Patrick Mahomes and talking to Tyron Matthew, they've made it pretty clear that you could start to scout for certain teams even before the regular season ended, and you could start to get information from whether the analytics department or the scouting department or some of the quality control coaches that are sort of assigned to certain opponents to give early scouting reports as to what you may see. So what I wish I could do as a reporter is to watch all these games with Tyron Matthew in the AFC because he made it pretty clear that he's going to watch every game um, almost like he's his own colored commentator, which is mm-hmm. fun during the playoffs when you know your your spot is assured and you're just seeing how it all plays out. Um, but I find it fascinating that even if the Colts win Saturday, based on the information that the Chiefs have already gathered about the previous you know three teams – he'll still watch these games on Sunday because, obviously, if you win against the Colts, if that scenario plays out, you will obviously play um, perhaps one of the two teams um, that comes out of the other side of the bracket. Um, I think that's all the information you want right now. But ultimately, they just got to stay healthy. And Wednesday next week will be the big day because you will find out 
Is Mitchell Schwartz going to practice this week? You know, is Sammy Watkins okay? You know, where's Tyreek Hill's hamstring? Um, the practice participation next Wednesday will give you an idea of who might be available in the divisional round playoff game. Seth, is any of that intrigue you, or do you want to talk about Eric Bieniemy? Let's talk about Eric Bieniemy. That's what I was hoping you'd say. Eric Bieniemy always has... intrigues me, though. <laughs> he, he, well, listen, he, it's just, man. but here's the thing. It's like at the end of a, you know, at the end of a lecture, not that that felt like getting lectured at the end of like, like a, uh, like a professorial well, thank lecture you, at the end of that. Any questions? You're like, no, because you answered them all before I even asked them. It's just sort of, that's really the dynamic here. Uh, I got to make sure that neither of you guys ever get hurt feeling if that happens. It's just, it's just the end of the show. Well, I guess I'll put my pipe back in my mouth. <laughs> Um, let's, let's talk about Eric bien then for a second. He is interviewed now reportedly with every vacant head coaching job, uh, every team with a vacant head coaching job, except for the Houston Texans. Ugh. And I will now go on to explain that. And now let's talk about what I actually know is again, uh, Seth, I'll let you go first on this one. He's interviewed with all those teams. We talked a little bit about where the best and worst spots would be. I've made the argument that this year, even the worst jobs have silver linings to them at least in a way that I, I'm not sure is always the case. If you want to take a crack at the, the the logic on the Texans' behalf, feel free. You know, so, man, I got to tell you, I tried following you through that while also Googling Eric Bieniemy, which is just, that's how professional I am. So yeah. you, you, want me to, you want me to rank or talk about who's good for him? Nate, what do you think about Eric Bieniemy <laughs> interviewing everywhere except for Houston? Oh, look, everywhere except Houston. Um, can I? Can we just acknowledge that two years ago the Jets were like, you know, let, let, let's let's run, let's get Eric Bieniemy through here. Let, let let's fly down to Kansas City and let's talk to Eric Bieniemy. And they were like, I mean, you looking good, but like that Adam Gase out there looking <laughs> sexy. <laughs> and then two years later, they're at the same bar and they're like. I mean, I gotta shoot my shot with Eric again. I mean, <laughs> Eric, Eric, Eric's improved. He done called plays now. Got his. I mean, like, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to trying to shoot your shot. It's like, hey, you remember? You remember a couple years couple ago? A couple years ago, uh, I kind of I kind of yeah, gave yeah. that stiff yeah, we, arm. We, but we, like, we 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 texted a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I didn't get back to you. I was going through a really weird time in my life right then. Yeah, you know my you know et cetera et cetera. I was looking for the crazy eyes. You didn't have them at that point. Yeah, yeah I want that I was want a little problem. fun in my life, not stability, look, not success. We've all look. We've all got on the crazy eyes <laughs> and i'm maybe- i'm doing it i'm doing it on this podcast <laughs> so I, I would just i mean it is interesting to me that that houston might not have interest which is stupid. Um, it, it, it's i really think the more i hear about what's happening currently in houston mm-hmm. it appears that there's been something of a power grab in that organization. Mm-hmm. And it's almost always bad when things like this happen. Almost mm-hmm. always for teams. When it's like someone unexpectedly has seized the reins. When was the last time we read about that kind of like kind of power struggle ending with one guy on top? It was the New York Jets this last offseason with Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean uh, the, 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 the new guy in charge in, in Houston is Adam Gase because there's only one Adam Gase and he's special. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but it does to me, you just see, you rarely, in my opinion, based on what I see, Bill Belichick, for example, has ultimate power with the Patriots besides, you know, Robert Kraft. And everyone knows it. Bill doesn't, it's not because Bill like fought and scrapped and clawed for that power. It's that mostly he got it because he's awesome at what he does. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is like, I mean, I, I remember with with John Dorsey, people would ask occasionally like, who's really in charge? <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me just tell people that that was never in question mm-hmm. even before everything went down and no one asks that anymore. Brett Veach is a great GM. I think he's done a fantastic job, but no one thinks that like he and Andy are co-equals mm-hmm. running the team. It's mm-hmm. Andy and everyone knows that. And I mean, when you hear Clark Hunt talk about Andy, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, even, the, even, even Brett is acknowledged. I work, yeah. I work for a hall of fame head coach. Like right. that's good. If you're a general manager, <laughs> like, what, like yeah, why would yeah. I make my he, life more difficult? When I work for a Hall of Fame coach. Right. And and Andy, I think, based on mistakes that have happened in the past in terms of having full personnel control, I think he's grateful. Like, he he's the type of guy who self-scouts. He says, hey, I see what went wrong at the end with the Eagles. I got Brett. I trust Brett. And let's all make these decisions together with Brett handling that type of stuff for me. But it is for him. But anyway, the point with that was it's not because Andy Reid won some internal power struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so anytime you have someone who's focused on winning those types of internal power struggles in almost any field, those are not the people who are most fit to lead usually. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know. I, I just, Houston makes me nervous because top down structure matters a lot. Yes. And so I really think that, uh, the Houston thing, I would be nervous if I were him. And so it is interesting that he's interviewed with everywhere else. I think Jacksonville is a great place to go at this point because I think you get the reins, you get the you know first pick, you get you know a hundred million dollars in cap space or something yes. in a year where no one else has any money. You know what the Jacksonville Jaguars on a side note can do this next year? They can be that really horrible, horrible, horrible person in Monopoly. Which mm-hmm. I mean, to play Monopoly and win, you got to be a horrible person. We've accepted this. <laughs> That's that's the rules. Oh, where'd this thousand dollars come from that I was sitting on? I guess I'm gonna buy a couple hotels now that you traded with me, not knowing that I had money. You know, that's how that game works. But they can do you be a cheat, person. Do you cheat at Monopoly? Josh, there's no there's no such thing as cheating at Monopoly. It's called capitalism, sir. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I actually, win that's a good at point. Monopoly. Yeah, all right. I, never I, mind. You're playing you're playing Monopoly real world version. I play yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't know what kid game you were playing, but I'm playing yeah. Monopoly. That's it, it's not it's not called how to make friends and influence people. <laughs> that would be a weird game, honestly. <laughs> um so but but with the Jags, they have an opportunity because they have so much calorie salary calorie sap, salary cap space <laughs> wow. that mm. they could be that horrible mm, person. Like let's sap. say let's say with Sammy Watkins, <laughs> let's say the Chiefs offer Sammy Watkins seven million dollars a year, and all numbers are made up here. Okay. The Jaguars can actually like go to to Sammy Watkins and be like, dude, we'll we'll give you seven point five a year. And just like slightly outbid everyone. And they can do that. With like a dozen players, because they have more money than anyone else, and I'm here for it. So and they, that, and they that have be... a, and they have a, a a a nice bundle of picks, like a nice Rich. bundle. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and and they've also got an owner who I think is ready to empower the next coach who comes in, rather than you know Jerry Jonesing it or whatever. 
Um, and so I, it sounds like he wants yeah. to keep roster control, the owner, at least for a little while longer. That which which is just a little red flag on that on that. That's vibe, true. But that's true. That 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 that's scary. It doesn't seem like he wants to call plays, though. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm always a little nervous. About yeah, that. and that would be something. Yeah, that's where look when you have a job interview, people who are aspiring in their professional careers, remember, yes, they're interviewing you, but you're interviewing them too. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with asking the owner in that. So when you say you want to keep roster control, can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah. Like you, you, well, I'm the owner, so I'm ultimately going to have final say, of course, but generally speaking, I'm going to stay out of your way 99.99999% of the time. I can live with that. If it's, well, I, I'm every, every personnel decision needs to be run by me. That'd be like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> because being a billionaire does not qualify you to make football decisions. <laughs> can I give you a scenario, Josh? I'd love that. Uh, I don't believe Eric Bieniemy will be the first coach hired. Um, this gets tricky mechanically because obviously the Chiefs are still in the playoffs, and you can only interview him during this week. Next week he is off the table, basically, which is why he did all his interviews before today when the Chiefs actually begin work towards their playoff run. Um, so the odds of Eric Bieniemy being the first coach hired are very low. What I am fascinated to see is. Whichever team pulls the trigger first out of these seven, um, including the Texans, what team is going to look around and, you know, you've 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 had a nice Bridgerton ball dance and now it's time to actually, like, select somebody to, like, run your organization. Um, and I'm fascinated to see if the Detroit Lions – who I've been saying for two years now, you can kind of see scenarios where Eric Bietamy and the Detroit Lions are together if the Detroit Lions try to jump over the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. I'm not sure that the Falcons are a legitimate option. We'll see how this goes, right? Um, The Falcons are interesting because Arthur Blank was at Arrowhead, and he did say hello to Eric Bietamy. I saw that with my own eyes before, you know, during the pregame uh, were warm-ups, basically. And I'm sure Arthur Blank asked Andy Reid, he's going to be a head coach, right? Right? I, can I hire him? Can I hire him? I'd like to hire him right now. While understanding that, obviously, Raheem Morris is, is you know, the intern who was working to um, try to get that job. So, I'm going to just say, why don't the Jacksonville Jaguars do the stupid thing and go get Urban Meyer? <laughs> Oh, why don't that. the why don't the New York Jets because they're the Jets make some rash decision or hey maybe maybe hire Brian Dable like just or just be smart I, I the Jets could go either way and at that point I'm interested to see like who wants Airbnb more the Lions or the Chargers he should take the Chargers job the Chargers it's, job yeah. is the best job because not only does not only is he a former player of the Chargers not only can he clearly help you know, um, Justin Herbert, not only is he offensive-minded, which you would need for a coach, for a team that is obviously being led by now a second-year quarterback who clearly looks like a star, um, it now adds to the, oh, my goodness, there's actually a, 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 a rival coach beyond John Gruden in the division, and now these division games get slightly more interesting. Um, because Airbnb would clearly know the system structure in place in Kansas City. 
The problem for Eric Bieniemy that he has to realize is if you take that Chargers job, Andy Reid ain't gonna let nobody walk with you. <laughs> like mm. nobody's <laughs> coming. Mm-hmm. Like you know. So Pat Hamilton really you know did a great job under Anthony Lynn. So if you take the Chargers job, it is your task to convince Pat Hamilton. Tell me what worked in the rookie season. How can we blend that into my offensive philosophy? How can we move forward together as quarterback coach? Or if you want to elevate him to offensive coordinator for what he did last year, how can we move together with Justin Herbert? And, you know, some a real collection of talent on the offense. Um, if you take the Chargers job, Andy Reid is going to say, congratulations, and now I must destroy you. You know, so <laughs> yeah. so so maybe the I'm Lions, happy for you, but I'm going to embarrass you the first time we play. Yeah, so I just want to remind people like there's attractiveness to each of these jobs. But hey, if you if you if you're the head coach of the Detroit Lions, maybe you have a better chance to build a better staff because you can work with people that have already worked with you before. Because maybe Andy Reid will let some folks out the door because they're not in the same division as you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and you also and you're also. Going to play against Mahomes for the next decade is tough. Aaron Rodgers is playing like a fire-breathing dragon right now, but he's not going to play for another decade, I don't think. Um, although you never know with quarterbacks these days. So you go to you go to Detroit. It's like, oh well, there's Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins, who's okay, um, and then Rodgers. Whereas you you come to Kansas City, you are playing against Patrick Mahomes. That's what you're signing up for, and you're by necessity. Or you're just by its very nature making it harder to compete for the division, which I really like the, how the Chiefs always frame it, that the first goal is to win the division. Yes. Because everything flows through that. If you win the division, you're going to get to host a playoff game. And then, you know, you try to get a bye week, all this stuff. But goal one is win the division. And there is not a tougher division to just run into to win than the Chiefs right now, at least for the foreseeable future, because the Chiefs... I mean, they're just crushing their division right now. This yeah. is they, and, and so that that's that should be taken into consideration. I, I I am really interested to see what happens with him because you know this is the second year in a row he's he's a hot prospect, and it's those types of things generally don't keep. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they, they they you generally don't stay the hot prospect year after year after year without getting hired. Eventually, something just by inertia just kind of becomes how it is. And it would just be interesting, especially if he's interviewed, like you guys said, with every team. You know, eventually, if you're interviewing with the same owners and the same people, the job prospects don't stay there. It's called, so I'm it's just, called I'm, the way the group thinks now, not just individually. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah, man, man. He, well, he's gone unhired for the last two years. And, and you know, it's not to say, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll either get hired or he won't. And I think he should. I think he's earned a shot. But that would be interesting to see if he doesn't get hired in this cycle, what happens then over the next few years. I also would be interested to hear the type of interviews Andy Reid would give on that because he's already become pretty blunt on that subject. Yes. All right, I'm taking the steering wheel, and I'm I'm giving you guys the tokens again like we did our last question and answer episode. I got a bunch cool. of questions this morning. I want to blast through a bunch of them. Everybody gets a token. Uh, but also, I want sub-30-second answers on these. Maybe maybe 15 seconds so we can get through a bunch of them. Are you both ready? Put on your, I don't know, racing helmets, I guess. We're going fast. All right. Um, let's start with, uh, here's one looking ahead a little bit from Brandon. Seth, what do you think about the X, uh, the X receiver position next season? Is Byron Pringle an option, or is he just going to be a depth piece? I think Pringle's an option. 
Um, I still think, despite everyone saying that this, there's no way it'll work, I think McCole Hardman's an option, although I don't think that's a natural fit for him. Uh, but I think Byron Pringle would be a really interesting piece to see given an increased role. He's one guy who has done well with every opportunity. Uh, Cody asked for Eric Bieniemy's potential head coaching landing spots for a ranking. We got pretty close to all that. I'm going to count that as a, as a win. Uh, here's one we can all answer really fast. What's your favorite Chiefs uniform combination? I'm going to say, I actually think mine, I'm going to say mine's the standard. Red uh, red jersey, white pants, red socks. You oh, you man. are You are mostly right, sir. Um, this has already been second place is white Jersey, red pants, um, white socks. This has been documented in a lovely website called the athletic.com. Um, I, I like red on red. I, I gotta be real. I like it. I, I, I agree with Josh to be perfectly honest. I, I just like traditional. I think they've, I think the chiefs have one of the best uniforms in the NFL. I think I think the I think the the monochrome ones, both directions, the, the red and the all white. I think they're both a little bit overrated. I'm sorry, everybody. Can, Please can, don't hurt me. Can, I, know, I know this is going to anger somebody, but why can't we get all red on non primetime games? Like, little, little, little noon kick and all red. It's totally fair. Uh, Fez asks, who's going to replace Eric Bienemy? Uh, Nate. Who replaces Eric Bienemy? In Within the Chiefs organization. Yeah. Um, Mike Kafka, unless Mike Kafka does something horribly stupid. Mm. <laughs> what if he did? What if he did? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that what is. If, what if what if he just what if the enemy was like Mike, come with me instead, I, I, and he was like, all right, fine. I mean, I know they got to go through the Rooney rule, and that's obviously important. I'm not disrespecting that. They would have to obviously interview multiple candidates, but the the leading candidate would be Mike Kafka. I mean, they gave Mike Kafka a new title because they're like he he go be he he is going to be a head coach someday. So just just keep that in mind. Eddie asked for a ranking of the matchups we for the playoffs. I think we pretty much did that. Um, I apologize for not being confident in pronouncing this person's name. We're going to say Shachin? Shachin? I don't know. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. I've gotten Mike Dana Dana's name wrong for <laughs> 10 months now, so it's, I'm really the wrong person to have do names. If you had to trade up to the 2021 draft, who would you do it for? A stud wide receiver or a dominant offensive lineman, Seth? Oh, no. Gosh, <laughs> it's Sophie's choice. Well, okay, it's not Sophie's choice. That's not fair. Um... I think a stud wide receiver. No! I, I, think, I, I think I've been fully converted. I really trust the Chiefs offensive line coaching to get average offensive line play. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I know they're not going to get Ruggs or Smith, but I want it so bad, guys. Can I, I just, really can do. I just, can I spoil the draft for you guys? Can I just spoil it? Sure. They're take a running back, aren't they? No, they're gonna take an edge that's that's a little bit there that they like they have on their board higher than anybody else has on their board. They're gonna draft an edge to put opposite Frank Clark. They're gonna put more resources on that defensive line because there's depth at offensive line and receiver in this draft. That's just what's gonna happen. You can cut Breland it. speaks really hurt you, didn't it? No, 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 no. Breland speaks and Tano Passigno, two second round picks and uh, and Brett Veach and Steve Spagnuolo just adding defensive ends at all times. I just that's my guess. <laughs> That's they're gonna they're gonna get a they're gonna get a physically uh, a, a physical anomaly at edge and they're gonna draft him about a round higher than most people wanted to. He'll be like a real mid second round prospect. He'll take at the end of the first, and they'll have there are plenty of receivers a little bit later. I'm actually just, okay with that. Just just take just, just take the offensive lineman. Like, like <laughs> don't nah. keep just it simple, K-I-S-S. stupid. K-I-S-S. Just yep. keep it simple, stupid, and protect the number one investment on the franchise.
Yeah, they they had a, they had a chance they had a chance to do that last year in a way that would have I don't know who they would have even taken, but that could, last year would have been the year to, to talk me into it. And now at this point, I just don't think that's happening. I don't know. Uh, Nolan asks if football ceased to exist as of today, and each of you are forced to cover in depth another sport. What sport would you choose? Um, you don't you can you can assume that it whatever it is you know same city different city whatever. Um, what would you do, Nate? Um, it's what I, I know your answer. It's what I used to do. I used to cover the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one's that one's easy actually. Yeah. The Toronto Raptors did that to us. Oh man, we could have had them. Seth, would you? I think you would just probably would you would you try to find something else if football just ceased to exist? Please say baseball. No. I just want to think about Seth crunching down. I, I I used to love baseball. That was my favorite sport. Yeah, just crunching the crunching numbers. down. It was the only sport I was ERA whips <laughs> wars. Oh, you don't even need to watch the games, guys. Um, oh. <laughs> so I, I would just too say real, too real. if, if I had to pick one, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I've got too much going on. I would probably just like try to work like a 60 hour week. That would be mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to pick one, I, th- I think hockey Now I'd have to learn about it, but I like, it's a fun, there it's are very few sporting events that are more fun, yeah, it's to a fun live oh, than hockey. So much fun in person. Oh, oh. And I think that has the highest, like football games are more fun in person, but not so much more fun. Basketball games are more fun, not so much more. Hockey games in person are like electric, especially if you're close, guys get checked in the board. I mean, it is, it is electric attending those in person. And here's the benefit for you, Seth. Um, Majority of guys in a hockey locker room are comparable to offensive linemen. See, and I get along with offensive linemen really well. Yeah, I know. In terms of personality... (laughs) Quotes, like a bunch of Mitch Morse demeanor, you know, yeah, they're like there's bunch there's of, not there's not you, a ton of divas. There's not who's the to in hockey? Like there really isn't. <laughs> um, so you you could you could learn. You, I, I've 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 been I've experienced this with with other friends in the industry where you can learn hockey really quickly because those guys are just very open and honest about. Um, what it takes to be successful at hockey, and it's so much fun to watch. It is, and it would also be fun to participate in covering a sport where there's literally no debate whatsoever about who the goat is. Like you, like is hot. I think hockey's the only one where that exists. True, because true. it's Wayne Gretzky. Everyone knows it. No one's gonna like. No one even tries to argue it. And so I, I, I don't know. I like that idea. Plus, you know, Minnesota, like. It, yeah, that yeah, you definitely territorially, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, just, I, it would be so weird if my Twitter account just became hockey tweets. Like I just think <laughs> people would be so confused. Um, I think I would say NBA basketball, but I also think that part of the reason that I like it the way that I do is because it is very much something I don't have to be objective about in any way. I can just yeah, be international. Right. I mean, you root, you, know? you root for Chris Paul now. What was I know? What's up with that? Great, top of the West, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I will say uh, one, one more thing, Josh. Sure. Um, you guys know this. I've kind of shared it occasionally. Um, I'm a huge tennis fan. And so yeah. if you could give me the ability to travel uh, to cover tennis, oh, sign me up. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic and that is far from reality at this point. But um, I've covered certain tennis events. Who it is intoxicating. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> intoxicating uh let's call it there we are uh in a full uh, we got a full episode in the books here and uh and that's gonna do it so you can check out uh everything that uh nate and seth are doing on the athletic just 
through theathletic.com. You can go to theathletic.com slash timesars to make sure you're getting the best deal to uh, start a subscription if you haven't yet already. You can follow all of us on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan, at ByNateTaylor, at JB Briscoe. Seth's also got the Chief of the North newsletter. I'm always talking to a microphone someplace or another. And sometimes we talk into microphones, uh, not just in this podcast altogether. So you can find all those things that you're looking for through our Twitter accounts. And uh, if you send us more questions over the weekend, I'm sure that some of us will just tweet to the ones we haven't gotten to mm-hmm. yet or uh, or that didn't get in before we did the podcast. That's it. That's the show. Enjoy all the playoff action this weekend. And uh, Nate can take us out. We did not talk about this game. But, you know, Tom Brady left the conference because Patrick Mahomes was getting too good, y'all. <laughs> so it would be very poetic if he went to the NFC, won a billion games, and got dethroned by Alex Smith, the ghost of Chiefs past. Um, I second this. Please, I have please, never rooted for a non-Chiefs team like I'm Please, Alex, Alex find a way, sir. <laughs> 